0: Greetings, my name is Griffin Schaefer. And my name is Scott Peterson. And this is episode 20 of Inside Quizzing. A podcast about Bible quizzing for folks who love the Bible. And in this episode 20 of Inside Quizzing, we are going to be sort of, we're right at the midway point, uh, sort of the end point of the... Uh, previous year and the beginning of starting to look into the next upcoming season of quizzing. So we're going to be recapping a little bit of uh, what happened at internationals, kind of how did PNW do as a team and the individuals and other sorts of different random thoughts that kind of come out of what happened at internationals. And then we're going to be looking forward into the upcoming year, which is coming very quickly. Uh, We're going to be looking into the John year, the John uh, quizzing schedule, and and Scott and I just before the call here, uh, just before we started recording, we were chatting about how it's really not that far away. Uh, It's only about five weeks away before the Scramble meet, sort of our first unofficial meet of the year, official, unofficial uh, meet of the year gets uh, underway. It's only about five something, five or six weeks away, which is not very much time, so we're going to talk about what's going to happen in terms of the year of John, the, 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 the schedule for the year, the scramble meet a little bit and talk about some things that are going to be different in this upcoming year, tips for studying and so forth and uh, information about the quiz masters and so forth and CBQZ and maybe a few other topics. So with that, let's talk about internationals. Uh, so Scott, how did PNW do?
1: So they did awesome. Um, one of the goals after prelims was 12 quizzes among the 21 or so teams. Um, 12 quizzes each is a ton over two and a half days. And the goal there is to be in the top six because then you don't have to continue to prove yourself for a 13th prelim to get into the top nine. And PNW did just that. They finished prelims in third, I believe. Um, and so they're able to take a leisurely half day and feel really good about the work they had done in the first two and a half days. And then once you get into top nine, it's kind of, at that point, things can go very fast, either good or bad. And all the teams are usually very, very closely matched. And when it was all said and done, PNW finished fifth, which is very, very good. And I have it here. It's, um, it was tied for the third best finish from Pacific Northwest since 2003. Yay. So. Um, we've had teams place first and third and fifth in the last 15 years or so, but this is good for third best in the last 15 years. So really, really good. And that's kind of the, the pinnacle achievement in quizzing is how does your team do it international? As far as individuals, um, Andrew Borden was second at the meet among all the individuals. Yay. And he was the, had the sixth highest PNW Average since 2001. So almost in the last 20 years, but in the last 18 years or so. Wow. Awesome. So Andrew did really well. Um, but there was far more good stuff going on in the team. Abigail Ta got a 2167 average, which was 27th best among PNW quizzers over that same time span. And as it would turn out, Abigail has been to internationals once before in 2016, and that year she got a 21.67. She got exactly the same average as she did to you. Um, but then I'm, al- I'm also looking at PNW quizzers over that 18-year time span, and PNW has sent 68 unique individuals to internationals over that time span. Um, and if you add up their averages, it's kind of an indication of both How well did they do at internationals, but how many times have they been? And so kind of together, it's a kind of a career metric of sorts. Um, And Andrew is seventh among PNW over that time span. Abigail is 17th. Claire is 20th. Joshua is 41st. And after only one year, Brooke is 56th out of 68. So there are 12 internationals quizzers that did less well in their career than Brooke did in just one year. That's awesome. And I also track, um, which programs have sent the most kids to internationals. And, um, this is, so like if, if Quizzer A from a church went four times, then they count four times for that church. So over the last 18 years, Fox Island has sent 17 quizzers to internationals, which shows, um, both how big of a program and how good of a program they were, because they haven't been around for five years or so, and yet they're still number one. Second place is Woodenville, sending 16 quizzers. Third place is Grays Harbor, sending 15. ABC has sent 12. Bainbridge Island has sent 10. North Seattle Alliance has sent 8. Tacoma has sent 7. Salem has sent 6. And Lighthouse and Dallas have each sent
0: five. Oh man, there's some uh, there's some names on that list, some church names on that list that I really miss. Uh, I miss seeing Woodenville. I miss uh, seeing uh, Salem. Uh, I, I particularly enjoyed uh, quiz uh, coaching and quiz mastering at at Salem. Uh, there's a lot of names on that list we don't see anymore.
1: Yeah, it's too bad, and we just hope that those churches come back to us over time as churches go through cycles and. Um, youth and leadership, and there's all kinds of cycles that happen, and we hope that they join back.
0: If any of you, by the way, are, who are listening are in those churches, and you're kind of thinking, well, gosh, it'd be lovely to have a program again, but that seems really daunting, uh, please let us know. Uh, email us at iq at uh, We would very much like to do anything and everything possible to help uh, spin up new programs in, in new churches. Uh, across the district. And so if you're even mildly thinking it might be a glimmer of a possibility, uh, please let us know. We would very much like to help.
1: Definitely. Oh, and I think um, another cool thing about this year's internationals team is all five of the team members got questions. And you may think that that's not much of an accomplishment, but at internationals, it's quite common to have one or two quizzers on the five-person team not get a single question over the course of the meet. And PNW generally makes a habit of having all five quizzers get questioned. And it can be a really big deal in some quizzes where that third person bonus shows up and you get a 30 point boost late in a quiz. Those are my thoughts on internationals. Shall we move on to John here, Griffin?
0: Yeah, sounds great. Well, let's start by uh, talking about the schedule for this upcoming year for John. The, uh, Of course, as I mentioned, we're going to start with a scramble meet. And is, uh, do we have a location for that yet, Scott? We do.
1: So I wrangled ABC into hosting two meets this year, Um, but the agreement is that Anna and Jeremy Swingle are going to be the meet hosts for the Scramble meet. So they will be the ones
0: running it up, but it will be at ABC's facility. Very cool. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, we did uh, did Scramble at ABC last year, right? Yeah, we've had it at ABC a lot of years
1: because they do have a small facility. And then over time, it, it really became a necessity to hold district meets there. Um, but seeing as that's the church that I go to, I just kind of finagle my way into having, um, more than one meet there as much as we
0: can. <laughs> very cool. Well, so that's going to be coming up very quickly, uh, September 15th. And then, uh, very shortly thereafter, we have our first dis- district meet, which is going to be at EBC and that's going to be October 12th and 13th. And then following that, uh, back again at ABC uh, for district meet number two in the middle of November. And then, of course, we've got the long, dark winter, the separation of time between our November meet and our January meet. But it doesn't look that bad because it looks like uh, our, our January meet is... Very, very shortly uh, after New Year's, and that's going to be in Dallas. Uh, So it's going to be on January 4th and 5th. So that's not quite as horrible of a break, but it's still, you know, basically a little, little over a month and a half. Uh, over November and December, and uh, so it's a big, uh, big span of time to have a break, but it's un- it's just the way the calendar works every year. Uh, meet number four is going to be at Lighthouse. That's going to be in February, uh, at the beginning of February, February 8th and 9th, and then in Madras will be uh, district meet number five. That'll be in March, uh, the middle of March, March 15th and 16th, and then district championships will be near the end of April, but we're not exactly sure exactly when it's going to be. We're currently looking at, at probably April 26th. Uh, that was was originally set to be April 18th, but I think that's uh, that's Easter weekend, so we're looking at pushing it back a week uh, to April 26th. The exact location for district championships is still to be determined. There are a couple of options that we're looking into. One is uh, doing it up at a camp, uh, a, a Christian camp up in the Cascades uh, near Clay Elam or Easton area along uh, I-90, which would be fantastic. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, a lot of opportunity for quizzers to have a lot of uh uh chance to run around and play games and stuff outside, which is, it's going to be wonderful weather for it up there. But that's still sort of TBD. And then of course, before district championships, we have Great West, uh, the Invitational, and uh, we don't know exactly where it's going to be. We know what country it's going to be in. We know it's going to be in Canada, but do we have dates at this point? We probably
1: do, but I don't know them offhand. Um, with Easter so late in April, it probably makes scheduling that easier. If any of you are golf fans, we almost always have Great West over the same weekend as the Masters. Um, so I have to miss that every single year. And so if you look up whenever the Masters is in April, that's probably when Great West is going
0: to be. So let's see, any, anything else uh, you can think of in terms of schedule that we want to talk about?
1: No, I don't know how many uh, non-quizzers listen, but with the scramble meet fast approaching, there will be lots of communication coming out from me that requires attention by coaches and program leaders. Um, and so I, that will be necessary. And, um, you mentioned the big long layoff between November and January and that, that happens every year. Back when I quizzed, we did usually have a a meet that first weekend in December and we've since moved it earlier to popular demand. Um, but that did kind of shorten that big layoff. But this year I have Jeremy in charge of chunking up the material and he fairly recently went through John year and said memorizing those first, the the chapters for the first two meets. And then that big layoff for January was some of the hardest quizzing or memorizing he's had to do over his career. And so he's going to work to put together a schedule that is as nice to the quizzers as possible. Um, while still smoothing out the amount of material that you have to memorize over the course of the year. And John Year is tough because there's a lot of material. John Year, along with Matthew Year, I believe, are our largest two years of material.
0: Yes, indeed. And the material itself, in addition to being large, is also, I wouldn't say cumbersome. It's very poetic. Um, So it's not... it's not like going from James into Romans and sort of hitting a brick wall in terms of, of the complexity of the, of the content. Uh, but it's very poetic and beautiful, but there are definitely some very key phrases and key words all throughout the material that, uh, make it, uh, uh, maybe a little bit harder than, than other sorts of material that we that folks have been, uh, are used to.
1: Definitely. Um, John 17, when Jesus is praying, was easily the hardest chapter I've ever had to memorize in the four years that I quizzed, because it was very repetitive upon itself. Um, it used a lot of the same sorts of language and sentence structures, and it didn't have a ton of unique words. And so it was just really hard to get it word perfect all the way through. And John 15 and 16 are not different. Even though John 15, talking about I am the vine and you are the branches, is a very memorable passage there still is a lot of material that is very similar to other verses in the exact same chapter that you have to, you do have to work hard on. But one nice thing uh, that I always tried to remind myself was that everyone has to memorize the same material. So if there's a chapter that's difficult for you, it's, it's difficult for everyone else too. And when it came to John 17, it was easily the hardest chapter I've ever had to memorize. But I said, if I work harder than other people, I'm going to have a much bigger advantage than I normally would because this material is hard and I'm willing to put in that time.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's see. And uh, like we did in our early uh, episodes where we were working through the material uh along with quizzers, we're going to be doing something similar starting maybe our next podcast or the podcast after that. We're going to start walking through uh, the John material and sort of providing our thoughts in terms of verses that you might want to focus on, things that might trip up a quizzer that's specializing in certain areas versus other areas, and kind of give our our sort of commentary in terms of memorization of the material. And hopefully that's uh, helpful to some people.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to go through and see what parts of the material are good for reference questions or multiple answers or hotbeds of key verse questions and try to help you guys out as you decide what um, if you want to memorize the whole material and with references or just certain chapters or just certain question types and um, help make this a really fun experience for you.
0: Very cool. Anything else you can think of we want to throw in about uh, John before we move on? We, uh, we are planning a big
1: situation question bonanza episode. And so if you have any thoughts about them, I've talked to quizzers who love them. I've talked to quizzers who super dislike them. Um, and I have strong feelings about situation questions and portions of them. And so if you have any thoughts or questions, you can email in at iq at CB, cbqz.org. If you're part of the PNW quizzing Facebook group, you can comment in there, but we're looking to have a fun, episode talking about situation questions which which only come up every other year
0: yeah i'm looking forward to that there's a lot of interesting strategy behind them i uh well i don't know i mean there's a little bit of a preview but there's no secret i think we've talked about this before i both love and hate situation questions for different reasons but um scott what are your sort of high level feelings about them i
1: think they're a fun question type and as time goes on and i've Discussed potentially like doing away with multiple answer questions. Um, I see how there's a lot of fun with having these different question types. They kind of studying wise and strategic wise, they, they bring a lot of fun to the program. And so I do like situation questions. Um, the different question types can also appeal to different types of minds or personalities. It might be easier for some people to answer certain types of questions. And I like that aspect too. I, I do have a really difficult time writing uh, really good situation questions or even deciding what is a really good situation question because my hope is that if I'm trying to write a good question and there's a quizzer out there trying to make a situation question list, trying to make a good list, that we will mostly match up. But I think with situation questions, there's a potential for mismatch more so than any of the other question types. And that kind of doesn't sit well with me and I'm always trying to figure out the best way to write situation questions, because the question writer is given a ton of flexibility. Indeed,
0: a lot of flexibility. And part of that flexibility also results in something that I both dislike and begrudgingly like about situation questions, but for different reasons. And that is their, their difficulty. Uh, Situation questions are, are sort of unlike a lot of the other questions that we have in our, in types in that they, they have such a dramatically wide range of difficulty based on say, who you're quizzing against, the speed of the jumping, and the type of the way the question is written. Uh, It could be something very, very easy in the terms of like, uh, you know, who said it and the answer is God or something. And it's a very obvious quote from God or a very obvious quote from Jesus or something like that. It can be an incredibly trivial question to answer if the entire quote gets out there. Uh, if not, though, if it's based on something that's that's a hyper fast jumping, sort of like a district championships level, or even at an internationals level, they I think they become significantly harder. Uh, so, like the same question, I think can be both incredibly easy and incredibly hard depending upon the context, and that makes uh, that makes I think both good and bad about situation questions. So it's a very dynamic sort of question type, uh, and so it can it can be very interesting, but the non-predictability of it for me as a coach was always frustrating. Uh, and as a question writer as well, it's, it's not frustrating, but it's tricky. I want to be as fair and as balanced as I can in writing my questions. Uh, but there is such a wide range that goes into it.
1: Definitely. So there's your teaser, everybody. We wanted to delve into some tips for studying. And in my head... It's quite early in the year to start studying, but in, a, in actuality, it's not. Like, it's a good time to start studying about four to five weeks out from the scramble meet. Um, and about, that's about two months out from the, the first meet. But one of, uh, one of my first tips is don't go crazy because you don't want to burn yourself out. And quizzers are often very excited when the year begins, but, um, I would work to not do unreasonable amounts of study early in the year and kind of pace yourself. And so if you have days where you just kind of lazily read through a chapter or two, I think that's great. You know, don't say I need to memorize a certain amount of verses or do a certain amount of quoting or, you know, if if you have days where you just want to engage with the material in a, in a more simple way, um, I think that's great. And it'll be key to still being motivated to study in January and February and March.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Don't uh, you know don't go crazy, keep an eye out for burnout, but getting a head start is a good idea um so yeah listening and 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 reading reading and listening listening and reading is a good idea. but I think you know yeah, as you're memorizing through, I think it's one of those things of think of this as a marathon, not a sprint right you're 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 you can start slowly memorizing now and start to pick up the pace a little bit uh maybe over the next few weeks or so. But I wouldn't go into scramble with too much more than the first couple of chapters under your belt and then slowly pick up the pace thereafter uh, because you want to make sure that you're at a good even keel and, and and your system for memorizing is a solid system for the remainder of the year because I mean this is the thing as Scott. Likes to talk about, and I'm sure he's going to talk about again uh, in in the next few episodes uh, as the year progresses, as we get closer and closer to championship, uh, championship championships. There we go. I can say the word. I promise. Uh, the the scoring will become worth more and more. Your memorization of the latter chapters of John will mean more in terms of your average than your first few chapters. So pace yourself. Uh, it is definitely a marathon, not a spread. Totally.
1: Shall we hit our next topic you think griffin
0: yeah sounds good so we are trying something a little bit new um it, this is all sort of spawned from abby's departure her very unfortunate departure which i'm still very sad and depressed about uh, because she is a phenomenally great uh, quiz master uh, but uh, inspired uh, by abby's example uh, of being a great quiz master we're uh, seeking new quiz masters and have sought out uh, new Quizmasters. And we have a couple of folks who have committed to being new Quizmasters for this upcoming year. And actually, maybe a third. Um, I haven't confirmed uh, the third person just yet, so I'm not going to say that person's name, uh, just because... They may. I'm not sure exactly what they're thinking right now, but we do have two new quiz masters uh, joining up. Uh, one is Micah, and the other is Kendra, and I'm very excited about having the two of them uh, join the quiz master pool. And that's really what we're trying to do here: is not just have uh, say four rooms and four quiz masters but to have four rooms and six Quizmasters or four rooms and seven Quizmasters or something along those lines. The idea being that we have backups if somebody gets sick. um, If uh, somebody, for whatever reason, just can't make it to a particular meet, we we don't have to stress about it. We don't have to freak out. We don't have to change our draw and drop back down to three rooms or something like that. And even if everyone can make it, which is going to be generally the case most of the time, Virtually all the quiz masters are going to be there, if not all of the quiz masters will be there. But having an extra set of quiz masters around is really wonderful in the sense that we can take breaks and It was very wonderful at uh, this uh, championship district championship meet uh, this last time around. Uh, I actually got to have some breaks from time to time. Uh, Jeremy Swingle uh, stepped in in my room a couple of times, and it was fantastic. Uh, now I love quiz mastering. I, I would I love quiz mastering a lot, but it was really wonderful to be able to take a break and go into a different room for a quiz or two and see how that quiz master. Uh, runs their room, and to learn something from that Quizmaster. And I thought that was fantastic. So I'm extremely excited that Micah and Kendra are going to be joining uh, the Quizmaster pool. And if you are at all interested in joining the Quizmaster pool, please email us. um, Like we said, uh, iq at cbqz.org. Uh, we would love to get you plugged into that pool. If you're thinking, well, you know, hey, I, I don't have a ton of experience. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not ready to be, to be a quiz master. That's okay. Uh, if you're wanting to be a quiz master, but you're not feeling ready, we can set you up as an answer judge uh, in one of the uh, with one of the quiz masters or more likely several different Quizmasters rotating you through different rooms, and that's a wonderful way to get stronger and stronger uh, as an official, uh, working with somebody else in your room, and then when you're ready to make the switch to Quizmaster, it's not like you're going to be thrown to the wolves, Uh, not that our quizzers are wolves at all, but you won't be thrown into the mix just straight away. Uh, You'll have uh, at least, uh, at minimum, you'll have a uh, an answer judge with you to help you out. So if you're at all interested, please let us know.
1: Absolutely. Well, our next our next uh episode topic, uh a little bit of personal news from me, and that is that my wife and I have decided uh to move to Michigan where I have family. So this will be my last year as district coordinator and quizmaster within PNW for um at least the foreseeable future. Boo. so we're definitely sad to leave PNW quizzing but excited to move near family and live in a little bit more rural area than where we live now but there are always pros and cons to every life decision and i i definitely envisioned myself not being district coordinator for decades upon decades but i think i did envision myself finishing up as district coordinator at some point but continuing to quiz master and so um it will be it'll be a bummer for me to not be able to Quizmaster within PNW, but I'm sure I'll still be involved in some extent writing questions from afar, and um, I have no plans to stop recording this podcast, so.
0: (laughs) And of course, we do this remotely, so we'll be able to continue doing that. Uh, And so it'll be a a wonderful thing. And of course, I I don't know, speaking just kind of personally, and I guess this is on the air and recording and so forth. But uh, Scott, I just I want to say personally how much I have appreciated you being district coordinator. I have really appreciated the level of focus and attention and responsiveness and, and just your level of it's a combination of several things, your passion, To uh, for the program, your passion toward uh, really focusing on what matters, which is getting the most, you know, getting the most number of quizzers to memorize the most material possible. And I've I I really appreciate the leadership that you have shown, the the style of leadership that you've shown. It's been really wonderful. I've I've been back only just a couple of years. I guess this is the third year or fourth year. No, this will be coming the third year that I've been back. And uh, I just really. Uh, appreciate what you've done with the program. And I hope that we are able as a program to maintain the the positive uh, work that you have done and to continue it onward and to grow. So anyway, Scott, on behalf of I'm sure everyone who has ever been involved in, in PNW quizzing or CMA quizzing in general, uh, thank you.
1: Oh, well, thanks for the kind words, Griffin. I know it will be a concerted effort on my part and other people's part this year to train other people up and, really i'm going to work to stop doing work if possible as early as possible in the year so we'll see how that goes yep indeed indeed
0: well let's see uh anything else you want to say on that one no i think that's it well is there any possible way we can bribe you and lily to stay probably not um
1: i really can't think of a way it's kind of like when i last my when i left my last place of employment there wasn't really anything they could convince me with to get me to stay. <laughs> so sometimes there are just changes in life um, that don't really have, you can't really put a value on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Understood.
0: Well, let's see. So moving on from that very sad topic into another topic that is uh, hopefully much more interesting from a, an excite an excitement perspective, um, and maybe less depressing, is uh, talking a little bit about CBQZ. Um, the, as we've been talking about, there's new versions getting pumped out. The, the big version upgrade to vi, uh, to version 15 happened. Uh, uh, I don't know, some number of weeks ago, two, three, four weeks ago at this point, there's been a new release with minor functionality improvements uh, and upgrades probably about once a week or sometimes twice a week ever since then. These have been been small things, little tweaks here and there and added functionality and so forth. Some of the stuff that's out there right now, you can do things like uh, merging uh, multiple quiz uh, question sets. So If you write some questions and another coach writes some questions and you want to merge these into a single set, you can do that now. There's a little bit more organization and uh, functionality around what you can do in terms of managing your quiz sets, in terms of cloning them and deleting them and resetting them and so forth. I'm actually very, very close to completing uh, a new feature that will allow you to basically tell the program to write all of your key verse list questions for you. So like all your quote questions and your quote these two verses and you're finish the verse and finish these two verses and so forth. It'll basically write all of them for you automatically. You just have to press a button and then wait about, I don't know, 10 seconds or something like that. And then all of those questions get automatically written for you. Uh, That's going to probably get released in the next couple of days and so forth. But there's a whole lot of other functionality that's there as well. Like, like we were talking about with, with version uh, 15, there's a scorekeeping and statisticianing sort of stuff. Uh, Not, not, calculating averages, but reporting the stats from each quiz that's in there and so forth. So it's still at a basic level, but very interesting and useful from a practice perspective, if you're a coach, to be able to throw your teams in there and to uh, run some quizzes and track some stats and and that sort of thing. So if you are a coach and you have not yet signed up for a CBQZ account, you can do that very easily. It's free. Uh, You just go to cbqz.org slash app. Uh, app, and it will, uh, there's a little form right on the front page there. You fill that out. Uh, your account has to get approved, but that usually happens within a few hours. Uh, sort of depends on when you do it, but I don't know, certainly less than 24 hours uh, and you'll get approval to, to get in. And then from there you can go wild. And I know, let's see, Scott, you're working on a question set right now, right?
1: I am. I, I was kind of biding my time until auto-generate KVL um, as a way to, for me to procrastinate, but I'm definitely starting work on it. Very cool. So yeah,
0: auto KVL should be done. Uh, let's call it 24 hours and it should be, it should be launched. Hopefully it'll be faster than that. It's, it's very, very close to being done. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, you'd be able to, get Scott's questions and, and uh, clone the set. Yeah, I, I'm assuming you're going to be publishing that uh, to feed people and they'll be able to clone copies of that set and run their own quizzes that way. Do you know if Jeremy's going to be doing anything like that, a, a public set that he's going to be building?
1: So the, there is a public set that is available for cloning that you just have to ask me for. Um, it does not have our key verse questions in it yet. And I probably will not share it out until it does, but In very short order, that will be available for anyone to clone. And it is mostly written by Jeremy Swingle. Um, And earlier, I thought you were asking about my own question set that I'll be using for quiz mastering, which um, I have done some of, but that will not be available.
0: Uh, Yes, indeed. And for good reason. Um, We sort of want to keep that stuff uh, a bit on the uh, private side. All right. Well, let's see. Um, That's it in terms of CBQZ. Um, Scott, any other sort of topics you want to throw in here?
1: I have some CPQZ questions. So um, because it's a web app, there's no update or applying an update necessary. It's just the latest published version whenever you go to it. Is there any sort of a change log? So if I had a button move and I don't know where it went or something else changed, is there a way that I can see what what changed recently? There
0: is, but it's not exactly easy. Um, So this is something I need to do a better job of. So there is in, on, in CBQZ there in there's, there's a footer and on the bottom right-hand side of the footer, there's a version number, uh, which is very long and so forth. But you can see uh, there is a, a uh, what's called semantic versioning. So there's a three part version number right now we're running on version 15.4.1. And so 15 is like a major, major upgrade of some kind. The second uh, number there, number four is sort of if there's some sort of functionality alteration in terms of like you know buttons moving around, interface changes, these sorts of things. And then the the final number there increments when there are bug fixes. So in other words, if there's a, a bug that gets fixed that doesn't really change anything, it just resolves a problem somewhere, then that number will will increment up one, uh, that sort of thing. So that gives you a little bit of information in terms of the semantic version there. The change is available under the GitHub project itself uh, but it's not exactly user-friendly or uh, well okay it's not exactly non-geek user-friendly but uh, again in the app on the footer if you go to the left hand side of that footer you'll see a link that says the you know GitHub project and if you click on that And then you'll you'll end up seeing all of the source code uh, being hosted from uh, GitHub. And if you click on the commits button or the commits um, link, I guess, you'll then see a list of everything that has changed and you can see everything in terms of uh, what's changed since a particular date or in particular commits and so forth. And all of that's logged there. But in terms of an actual release log, like a text file, that does not exist uh, because I'm a slacker and I should probably do a much better job about that. Well, sorry to put you on the spot then, but I'm on
1: that commits page now and it's pretty good. Although you do have to Pop through a few small hoops. I don't have any other topics for this episode, Griffin. I think we hit
0: all that we had planned. Well, okay, there we go. Uh, So short episode this time. So uh, in closing, our typical sort of meta closing stuff, if you guys have any kinds of questions whatsoever about anything quizzing related or Bible-related, or theology-related, or CBQZ-related, or set up your own quizzing program at your church-related, uh, or anything that you can even think of that's even partially related to any of those related things, please email us at iq at cbqz.org. And please follow us on Twitter at Inside Quizzing. And with that, I will say thank you to all, and thank you, Scott. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, all.